Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we are catching up on all things arena. The upgrades. Yeah, this is going to be a, an arena episode, so strap in. Yeah, the upgrades, the play, all of it. Yep. So if you want to get at us and tell us your arena experiences, you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can shoot us a message on Facebook, Casual Tryhard MTG. You can drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. We love hearing from you guys. If you're looking to pick some singles up, unfortunately not of Ikoria because we got to play with it digitally before it's out anywhere in paper. But if you want to pick up anything else, you can use our TCG affiliate link. Uh, we get a very small cut of whatever you purchase after you follow our link. It's uh, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. We also have a Patreon. If you feel like supporting us in a different way, you can chip a couple bucks in on Patreon, help us out, help us pay for some hosting fees and keep the show going. It's patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. I also started uh, last last week, I think, I started posting show notes to our Patreon so you get kind of a behind the scenes look at what's happening in the episode. And I'm actually going to try and get them up like the day before the show goes live. So if you guys want a sneak peek about what's upcoming, okay. check out our Patreon, and we'll have that available for you. We also have a YouTube channel, Casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube, where last week we recorded a sealed event that we absolutely crushed with a Brian special five-color pile. Yeah, just to give you a sense of it, James goes, there's no we can, we can pay f- play five colors. And I said, yeah, we can. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was uh, perfect. It was pretty comical, like, Going through, because uh, I I, don't, I didn't rewatch all the gameplay, but I rewatched that deck building section, and every single decision that we made, we second guessed ourselves and then went the other way on it. Awesome, <laughs> yeah, quality content. But the deck was really good, and you could see you get to see yeah, kind of really what's going good. on. I've been doing a lot of drafts, so I might kick up a draft. We'll see if I have time to record something. Okay, but yeah, we can give that a go. So arena a lot of things have changed since the pre-aquaria days a ton of things have changed we meant to go over a good chunk of this last week in our aquaria episode but we went super long and ran out of time and we knew this section was going to take a minute so we pushed it back and we're going to go through all of the state of the game changes and then we're going to go into some of what happened on release weekend yeah we realized that a two hour i guess it was almost a two hour podcast when you yep. drive to work, is from your bed to your couch. That's yeah. not a lot of time to listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So we had to like make sure we toned it down a bit. Oh, so. one more thing while we're talking about drives to work. Okay. Ken, if you're alive, let us know. We miss you. Yeah. Yeah, Ken is Ken is out, out of it right now. Yeah, we haven't heard from him forever. And I know he listens on his drive to work, so he might not even hear this, but... Ken, we miss you, buddy. Send out the APB. <laughs> oh, if you're ever on Arena in CS, the chat function works. The only person I've ever really chatted with is James. But yeah, we used uh, we did like a kind of impromptu F and M uh, with a couple guys from the game store uh, on Friday, and we used the chat function a little bit in there. And yeah, okay. it actually works pretty good. So works okay. better than I thought it was going to. The only thing that's weird is like when you're outside of a game and you're waiting mm-hmm. for it to pair when it pairs it like buries the chat window yeah yeah and it's like uh uh and then it comes back but yep all right so the arena state of the game so as you yes. guys know the state of the game is where usually monthly 
they do like a little update and then like every time there's a new set there's like a big update and they kind of lay out everything they've changed and they do this in their state of the game yep so the first thing that they did is for every event you entered up to your 18th event you limited events limited events you got a godzilla card frame Right. So the alternate border cards for these, you've I'm sure you've seen are Godzilla themed. They have like an alternate name and then, you know, kaiju monsters instead of whatever the uh like the magic art is. Yeah. And you're awarded one for the first 18 limited games you play. Limited limited <sighs> events you go into. Limited events, yeah, sorry. Yep. They're all pretty sweet. Which one's your favorite? I'm partial to Mecha Godzilla. Oh, yeah. I like Mechagodzilla, and I like the, uh, whatever his name is, the perfect pet, the blue-red. Yeah, the blue-red flyer. Yeah. I think that one's my favorite. Yeah, I like that one, too. But, like, Mechagodzilla, I'm like, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, it is pretty sweet. It was like, they were like, we want to have, we have one artifact creature in this set. I guess it has to be Mechagodzilla. (laughs) I mean, probably. Yeah. These are fun. It's nice that they're kind of giving away the... The stuff that they usually like hit you up for on the daily deal. Oh, speaking of daily deals, yeah. Make sure you guys are checking out the daily deals because the last couple days they've been killer. I don't know what today's was, but over the weekend they were great. Today's was not good. It was like a card sleeve was like the featured one. Oh. But they did a two hundred gem discount on a sealed. Mm-hmm. So it's eighteen hundred instead of two thousand. Yep. And then if you spent 400 gems, they gave you 500 gems. They also let you just port gold into gems if you wanted to also, which isn't something they've ever done before. Yeah, like you could ju- it was just like free money effectively. Yeah. Yep. That was pretty sweet. Mhm. Yeah, so it was awesome. It's at least worth checking the daily deals. If you're going to go in and get your four wins, just take a second and click cuz sometimes I don't even think about it. Yeah. Cuz they're usually things I don't want but these last few have been like oh this is great well i saw the um the alternate art lands like the comic book art style lands yeah somebody played them against me and i was like oh those are awesome i forgot that i wanted to get those so i went in to look for the uh the alternate art reskin or whatever yeah and that's when i saw the first daily deal that was for the sealed thing and i was like oh wow this is a really good deal and then the next day it came up and was just free money. Yeah, so, like people yeah, make were sure tw- you're checking them out. People were tweeting about it. That's how I found it. Like I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I was like, <laughs> I have to go get my computer now, and I have to go make a hundred gems for doing nothing. Yeah. So there was that. So mm-hmm. the big thing, the thing that like has held me to Arena way too much in the last few days. Yeah. Has been actual eight person draft pods with eight actual human beings yes such a huge fan of this it is really good the fact that you're not playing against the same decks or getting put into the exact same archetype every single time yeah is really good Mm -hmm. it's been nice knowing you magic online uh (laughs) standard kiss of death Standard cards are going to be so ridiculously expensive on Moto now. Well, not only that, but like a compounded problem of that is not only are standard cards going to be expensive, but because the cards in the latest sets have been so pushed, it makes all of the Eternal 
formats more expensive also. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like kind of the problem that we had with um was it Arclight Phoenix? Arclight Phoenix was the most expensive card on Magic Online. Yeah. For a while. Yep. And I think it's probably been passed by Teferi. Probably. But yeah, like no one's gonna be opening packs because it's a way better interface. Yeah. So the picks are timed, so that's a big change from the way you did it before. Well, so it's you, a welcome change, though. It I is. Mean, I'm, that, that's how you draft. Yeah, but I guess if you've not done uh, like a competitive like eight-person pod and you're used to arena drafts, yeah, right? You could like that's true. Open up your draft, make a pick, make a go sandwich. make a sandwich, come back. Or like you could look at your packs and then go like, oh, I need to go check a pick order or see how limited resources or the guys at Casual Tryhard, what they said about this card. Yeah. Right? You would have time to go do that. Now you've got like a minute 30 for your first pick. Yeah. So it does change it a little bit. So you need to make sure that you have the, by 15 minutes to do the draft. Is that all it is, 15 minutes? Uh, It might be more than that. Maybe yeah, maybe, it's more than that. maybe it's twenty five. I don't know. Yeah, I draft pretty quick. I I do too. I actually ended up getting impatient a couple times. And if you click like your name at the top, it'll show you where the packs are in the yes. pod. And a lot of times after my picks, I'd like make my pick immediately, click my icon at the top, and be like, "Oh, this guy's got like four packs lined up, and there's four people between me and him." Yeah, I got time to go get some more water. I'll be right back. <laughs> that is a good idea. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. But yeah. yeah, like there are some people that it does really mimic the in-person experience where there's that one person that yeah. every card is a reader. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my gosh, please just make your pick. So you draft just like you would an eight-player pod, but <laughs> then you don't play in pod. You play cross pod. So it's the right. uh, the leagues for Magic Online where you're... <laughs> You do your draft, and then you have unlimited time to build. Yep. And unlimited, t- and then you can have as long as long as you want to play your matches, and it's so that is the same as it was before. But you just have to make sure mm-hmm. you have the time to do your draft now. Yep, which is fine. Yeah, they're doing best of one and best of three drafts with players, and they changed like the names of what the drafts are. So we'll we'll go over them in a second. I'm sure all of our listeners have been on Arena at some point within the last 48 hours or so with Akoria just dropping. But if you haven't, uh, make sure you log into Arena within the next like week and a half or so because Wizards is going to give you a token for a free draft just for logging in because they want to show you the uh, you know the draft in pod feature. Yes. So make sure you log in to get your free draft token. Yes, that is well worth it. Yep. They have renamed things. Mm-hmm. So... First up, we have the Premier Draft. Ooh. Yes. So this is a best of one draft versus players. It's the current set, and it is ranked. This is not going to change. It's not going to change the set. It's going to be whatever the current set is, best of one, drafting with players, ranked. Yeah. These are going to be 1,500 gems as a buy-in. Or 10,000 gold. So you can use your gold from your like daily achievements or whatever, you know, saved up, obviously, but as yeah. buy-in for these, which is kind of cool. And they are seven wins or three losses? They are, and the payout is pretty good. 
Yeah, it's not bad. You're guaranteed a pack just for doing it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you do better than zero wins, but you Hopefully. are guaranteed a pack. And 50 gems. Yeah, I haven't figured out like which is a better like value in terms of like building your collection, like sealed versus this. I think yeah, it's really I, win rate dependent. Yeah, I think so. I've done a couple of these drafts. I've only done these premier drafts. I haven't done any of the other ones yet. I've only done premier um, drafts as well. Yeah, but I I did way more seals over the weekend than I did these drafts. I think I only did two or three drafts, and I must have did ten seals. I think. Okay, we are uh, completely and totally flipped. Yeah, I did six seals and was like, I'm off this. I'm I'm trash at this. Yeah, uh, and I am currently on draft seventeen. Nice. Yeah. So the fact that I save up all of my gold through the entire like season. Yeah, it's really paying off for you now. Yeah, I had a hundred and forty thousand gold, so I had fourteen of these drafts. Holy moly. Plus not counting the uh the gems that I kinda like just kind of always I put in I carry over and put in some number of gems mm-hmm. for the new set. So yeah, yeah, I've basically just done this. Yeah. For the last few days. This format is pretty good. We're going to talk about it here in a bit, but mm-hmm. this is, other than the best of one part of it, is the closest you're going to get to an actual like draft. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. I actually like that it's best of one, though. I do to a point. Like I said, I think there are times where you like lose to an enchantment, and you're like, oh, yeah. I had like two like disenchant effects in my sideboard and right but like some of that if you know you're playing best of one in this set in particular the enchantment artifact removal card cycle so it's not really a downside to like have one in your deck in case you're going to lose to song of creation or whatever yeah or you need to blow up a capture sphere but when i draft i enjoy the draft portion of draft way more than I enjoy actually playing with the trash deck that I drafted. Okay. So I want to do as many like actual drafts as I can. So I like that I don't have to play as many games with my garbage dumpster fire deck and I can just do another draft. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Even if I go, you know, 7-0, yeah. I, I'm still playing less games than I would have best of three. Yeah, if you went 7-0 and best of three. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's good. I will say that yeah. much. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it tremendously. The so, uh break even point is somewhere between like four and five wins, right? Yeah. So four wins is four thousand fourteen hundred gems and five wins is sixteen hundred gems and you put fifteen hundred gems in. So you kinda yep. have to average four and a half yep. wins. And I am currently not there. I'm at like three and a half. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I mean, if you if you average in all the packs that you've won, also like you're still coming out ahead, even if you're not like just drafting for free. Yeah, I mean, part of me at three wins, I think you're like spending 500 gems to get two packs. Yeah, right. Like well, I feel like you're that, getting six. Well, you're, get, you're, you're getting, getting three. Five packs. Yeah, five packs total. But yeah. then the only thing that really matters is rares. And so, yeah, like, true. you can, you know, I've definitely had the, like, seven rare draft. Mm-hmm. And what you'll notice is 
wow, the bots used to, like, stupidly pass single-color, like, rares. Yeah. The the players don't do that. Like, pack right. one, pick one. They're like, I'm going to take this remo- uncommon removal spell and pass you, like, a Liliana. And you're yeah. like, that's not really ever going to happen. Right. But the players are way better at... I am solidly in blue red mm-hmm. and the person to my left opens a blue red card and they're passing it to me. Yeah. They pass it because I've put them in black green. Right. Right. There seems like there's a lot more people that are like, Hey, I want to give you your, the card that you, that goes in your deck, which then yeah. means I can take my like white green rare that I need for my collection and then get that rare, <laughs> get that rare replaced <laughs> in my actual deck. Goes both ways, huh? Goes both ways. But yeah, yeah, like, you know, you're you're getting a better sense of what's going on and you're able to like kind of scam more rares by just being like, I'm a dirty rare drafter. <laughs> I'm gonna take this. Yeah. Which kind of equates to getting more packs because it like does. you said, nothing else like once you've done a couple drafts, you've got, you know, most of your commons and uncommons, whatever. Like all you're looking to do to fill your collection out is get the rares because like every one that you get is basically a wild card, right? Yeah. So you're just like, I want these. You do in your first like two or three picks, you have enough time that you can go get to your collection and see if you have that card. Yeah. And then get back in the draft before your timer's up. Mm -hmm. So if you're not sure, if you're like, oh, do I want to take this rare cycling land or I want to like take a heartless act? You can be like, but I think I might have four of the rare cycling land. Let me go check. Uh, and like, should very definitely take the Heartless Act because that card is bonkers. Yeah, but the point being that you can be like, oh, hey, you know, I want to have the best draft deck I can. I don't need this 20 gems. Right. Right, but if you're like, oh, I just want to take this rare, like that's also like workable. Mm-hmm. All right, so next up, we have ranked draft. So the old like... Uh, it used to be called ranked draft, best of one ranked draft. Yes, and now this is yep. quick draft. Yep, and it's the... uh, still ranked. It's still best of one. It's still with bots, and it still uh, rotates whatever set you're drafting. I wonder how many people are going to be in this queue because the premier draft is just way better. Well, it's with bots, so it really doesn't matter like how big the queue is for like the actual draft. Yeah, not for and, the draft, but for the playing. Yeah, I mean, people are still going to want to play with, like, you know, old sets or whatever. Like, I'm sure somebody still wants to draft War of the Spark, you know, so, whatever the rotation is. And, like, they might, we're going to, you know, touch on this in a little while here, but they're talking about doing, like, remastered drafts. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those got thrown in here also. Yeah. Like, they're they're going to do an Amonkhet remastered draft. This is probably where they're going to do that. Yeah, that and makes I'm sure sense. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want draft Amonkhet. Yeah, agreed. Yep. All right, so then we have traditional draft. Yep. Which is best of three. Mm-hmm. It's against players. It's the mm-hmm. current set, and it is unranked. Yep. So this is the only draft that's unranked, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it's the same entry as the premier draft. Yep. And the prize structure is skewed way more to the top end 
Yeah. So three wins gets you 3,000 gems, so it doubles the amount of gems you put in. Right. And gets you six packs. Yeah, which is awesome. Two wins, you get 1,000 gems, so you get less than you put in, and you get four right. packs. And then zero or zero and one win only gets you a pack. Yeah, that kind of stinks. Yeah, so the the payout here is really skewed to doing really well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure this is to kind of drive people to the best of one cues. Yeah. But... I mean, like I said, I think I'd rather play best of one anyway, but... Yeah, no, I've enjoyed best of one just because there's more of like a time certainty. To be like, I want to play a game and you can yeah. play a game. You're not committing to like 45 minutes right. of playing a match. Yeah, I mean... Like when when we were in the dumpster fire open and we did that one turbo draft at the very end of the day. Yeah. Like I think looking back on it, that was my ideal draft where <laughs> I got to draft with my buddies and then I only had to play one game with like stupid limited cards. James Carson, limited aficionado. <laughs> How's your deck? It's just full of stupid limited cards. You went I mean, you went three oh six oh. I know, but these are all garbage limited cards. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good talk. I mean, it's the truth, though. Yeah. Having drafts with players is great. I had come really close to recording my last Arena Cube Sealed and posting it. But I was like, they just announced they're going to have player drafts. They're never going to have Arena Cube Sealed again. Because now they can actually do cube drafts. Right. So might as well. Like, this is a dead format like that will never come back. So I'm not going to yeah, bother. Well, they said they're going to change like everything about it. They're going to change the set too because they built the set be- knowing that it wasn't going to be drafted. Yeah. No, I so. think that like just knowing that like the cube that'll be on there will be draftable will be a plus good times. Mhm. All right. So now we have FNM at home stuff. Yep. So they're still going to do something going forward. They announced what the formats are after I had written these show notes. I don't know off the top of my head what they're going to be. The first one was this past weekend, and it wasn't necessarily an FNM at home like we had in the past where you get like a reward for doing well at your FNM on Arena, but that's what they gave you the draft token for. And I don't remember what the next two formats are. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if your store is participating... Uh, you get some sort of promo code for a pack or something on Arena if you do well. Like you screenshot your your result or something. Yeah, and send it to your FNM. If they're participating, they'll send you a code for a promo pack. And I believe those promo packs are the same like contents as like what your FNM promo pack would have been. So it'll okay. be like four cards with, I don't even remember what was in them. Like you- a current set rare a rare in standard some type of promo card and then you know, a land or something yeah yeah whatever it is but it's going to be the same style so it'll be a pack with four cards in it two of them are going to be rares whatever okay so it's kind of cool yeah i mean and it's a good way to just kind of like stay connected to your store yeah i know yeah. that like you said uh, our store i kind of bailed on it but our store did like an fnm in a sort of. Yeah, where people like just like 
organized it through chat or whatever and were able to play. And that is something that like you could do at your own store just to like stay in touch with everyone. Yeah, we just kind of surfed the uh, Facebook groups and gathered up. I think we had six players from, you know, the couple local game stores around here and ended up just firing like a round robin type thing just to kind of stay connected with each other. Yeah. Um, wasn't anything official through our game store. They chose not to participate in the FNM at home thing, but it was kind of nice to, you know, talk to some of the people that you normally see on Fridays. I think my wife and I were, were binging TV. So, yeah. What are you watching? Uh, we've been watching. This is going to kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Veronica Mars. Oh, okay. No, that's actually a decent show. Like, I really, like, I've never watched it before, and we just finished the yeah. second season, and, and, like, we're like, this is good. Like, we've been watching, like, yeah. an episode or two at a time. My mm-hmm. wife is really more into, like, binging, so we, like, chewed through, like, ten episodes in two days to get through the second season. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd never seen it. I was like, this is good. Yeah. Kristen Bell, I see why you got famous. This is all right. Yeah. Uh, you know who she is, right? Yeah, she's uh, Elsa. Not Elsa, the other one. She's a little sister, right? Well, she's also um, one of the voice actors from the first Assassin's Creed. I did not know that. Yeah, she's the uh, the chick that like helps you through getting your memories back or whatever. Oh wow! Oh, like yep. like in the when you're yeah, in the like real world when you're you, not like your ancestor. Gotcha. Yeah, like when you're when you're in the room. I never knew that. I just I know she's the the little sister from Frozen. Yep. There's your uh, Kristen Bell catch up. Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. That's what you come here for. Um, you have some computer mumbo jumbo, but they're working on the 64-bit client for Arena, which is going to make it so they can get it on Max and get it to mobile, you know, maybe this year. Yeah, I have no idea what any of that meant, but it seemed important, so I figured I'd throw it yeah. in here. But there, it does seem like they will be able to get it on Max, which is dangerous because if I ever go back to work and it's like on my Mac, I guess what I'll just do at lunch. <laughs> there you go. Why is Wakefield so less productive? Shut up. <laughs> office hours, office hours. Yeah. I've got to do stuff. Oh, I had missed this. That yeah. um, Historic Anthology 3 is coming in May. Yeah, like next month. They also made special mention that Historic Anthology 3 is working towards eternal format offerings on arena. Yeah. It's been a good run magic online. It's not, they're not just like putting in a random smattering of cards. They're actually doing this with the intention of getting like a real format, a real non-rotating format on arena, which I think is going to be pioneer. I would imagine. So yeah. Yeah. Like historic anthology two. I don't Mm -hmm. even think I bought a single card like i bought a couple cards from historic anthology one Uh, i was the other way around i got nothing from one but i did get some stuff from two yeah but like i did not like plunk down the gold to buy the whole thing i was like oh no me neither i just got i just spent some wild cards it's like you know who doesn't need four platinum angels this guy really anyone no one needs four platinum angels yeah you know who needed exactly one gitrog monster uh (laughs) tranquil thicket and baron more you me <laughs> yeah i i was like yeah i'm good i don't i don't need any of these cards but yeah. no it's good that they're they're working towards pioneer mm-hmm. because it will be nice to have like kind of like two real options for arena yeah. right to be able to play pioneer and to play 
standard is just yeah great yeah and because like you know when you get sick of standard you can just audible and like right. i feel like audibling to historic is just like kind of like wasting my time me too i don't think i've actually built a historic deck i, I built a, a historic brawl deck i did not build an actual historic deck i have a few historic decks that might have just gotten deleted in the great purge none of them were not a meme oh <laughs> they were all some meme meme bs but we had a deck yeah so we're gonna also like you said we're gonna have Amonkhet remastered this summer yep it kind of works alongside in uh, historic anthology three to like shape historic into something that resembles an actual format yeah people might not be familiar with the term remastered so yeah so there was on magic online like kind of the most famous example of this i think is tempest remastered yeah where they basically took cards from the tempest block mm-hmm. and made a better draftable set so they didn't get to put any cards in the card file that were not from tempest block mm-hmm. but they were able to take the cards as tempest mirage and visions yeah and they were able to take cards from across those three sets and make like one draftable set that was better than either Tempest, Mirage, or Visions. Yeah, and it was also a way for them to get those cards onto Magic Online because Magic Online came out after those sets had already released. So it's not like they could just go back and say, hey, we're going to do, you know, our new set is new Phyrexia. Oh, yeah, and by the way, we're also going to be drafting Tempest because we need to get these cards on Magic Online. Yeah, and like Tempest was, Mirage was the first set designed for draft. Right. Uh, so, yeah. so Tempest was a little in there, but yeah. so what they're gonna do with Amonkhet remastered is they're gonna take Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation and kind of make the best draftable environment they can out of those cards. Yeah, they're gonna kind of smush them down into one master set. Yeah. So, you know, the archetypes will probably be a little different. Mm-hmm. And you know, what you can do, but I'm sure that a lot of the, like, three mana, two threes, no abilities are just going to go away. Yeah, stuff that doesn't matter for anything. Yeah, they're just going to be like, nope, that's gone, we're going to put something in there. And that'll be really interesting because, if you remember, Amonkhet was, like, you draft red-white, super-aggressive exert and just bury people. Mm -hmm. And then Hour of Devastation was, you play Dirtle, five-color garbage. Yeah, that's what I was just going to mention is that like wasn't this one of the first blocks we had that you didn't draft them with each other um wasn't this one just Amonkhet and just our or was it two hour one Amonkhet no it was one and one I don't know if it was one of the early ones because gosh we're old so yeah. you remember when it was um so cons was you did cons fate yeah, and then two you cons did, and a fate. And then you did two then you did two dragons and a fate? Yeah. Right? Cause they like tried to like bridge it. And mm-hmm. then it was like because they were getting rid of like the two big and a little. Yeah. And so yeah, this was because this was after right after Kaladesh. Yeah, Simon Kit was right after Kaladesh. I don't remember. Kaladesh you did two and one, I think. Yeah, this might have been the first one and one. Yeah. Or like three of one set and then three of the other where you just like ignore the yeah. other one. Yeah, I don't think that they 
if I'm correct, I, I really don't remember that far back, but I know right around this time period was when they went to like not overlapping them. Yeah, anymore. so like the exert cards never saw any of the cards that were like a four mana two four that gained you four life. Right. And then tap for a man of any color. Like yeah. those cards never had to deal with one another. Right. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they come up with mm-hmm. when you have a a set that is made of those two things, of those two sets. Right. And I'm sure that like the like the junky, you know, the draft seven red red whatever thing that's in every set mm-hmm. like isn't gonna show up because it's okay in the limited environment, but doesn't do anything for eternal formats. Right. And then you have here that we're working on a pioneer focused set of remasters. Well, they said they're working on other pioneer focused okay. okay. remastered sets. So okay. I'm, I'm sure that Amonkhet isn't going to be the only one. Yeah. I would imagine that they're going to start working backwards and they'll do like Amonkhet. Kaladesh. And, yeah. And Ixalan. Or I guess Ixalan's already on there, right? Yeah, so Ixalan yeah. is the first. Yeah, but, like, so they'll do back, Kaladesh and then Shadows and BFZ and yeah, because they have because they have cards on the set until BFZ, roughly. Supposedly, yeah. I I was in like the first round of Alpha, and we had I don't think we had Kaladesh. I think we only had Ixalan. Yeah, because I remember doing it with it was like dinosaurs versus pirates. Yeah. Yeah, but supposedly when they were working like in-house before they opened it up to alpha testing, they had back to Kaladesh or back to BFZ on there. Yeah, so if those cards are floating around, hopefully it doesn't make it too difficult, but yeah, it's still probably a ways off yeah. before. But like if they do these historic anthologies and they're just, you know, magically cards that are played in Pioneer. Right. Like, oh, my historic anthology has thought sees an inverter of truth. Yeah. And, you know, Ish- <laughs> and Ishkana. Ah, uh, weird. Mm, weird. Yeah. So, like, you could see that, you know, working its way. Oh, there, why is there a grizzly salvage here? Well, you see. Yeah. Uh, so it could just be that over the course of a few historic anthologies, they start to build, like, the main decks in Pioneer. Yep. I would imagine that's what's going to start happening. We we have had a question a couple times, um, I think in email form, asking, you know, to make changes to Historic or to make changes to Pioneer or whatever. And usually my answers are Historic just needs to become Pioneer instead yeah. of, you know, putting, you know, should this random card be good in Historic or would this set be good in Historic or whatever. I think I'm firmly in the camp that Historic just needs to become Pioneer. I don't really see the benefit of keeping Historic its own separate format. And actually, I think all there is is downside for keeping Historic a separate format. Yeah, I think Um, it's not... If they would have done the Historic anthologies where they were just Pioneer legal cards, mm -hmm. like if they knew they were thinking about making Pioneer... Like, Historic Anthology 1 should have just been Pioneer cards and not, like, random Dark Confidants. Right. Same with Historic Anthology 2. That way, it'd make it easier for them to just make the Historic name go away and it become Pioneer. But you have all these cards that don't fit. Mm -hmm. So, I think Historic might hang around. Yeah. But 
will like. Well, get I mean, less is play. it worth keeping a whole format going just for twelve cards that are in historic that aren't in pioneer? Yeah, I mean, it's just really a question of like how many wild cards are they willing to give out? Yeah, that's true. Right, like if they like hit the delete button on historic, mm-hmm. and like, are they willing to give everyone wild cards for the cards that they paid for and are now gone? Yeah. Right, like I think it's one of those things that you don't want to take things away from players. You just want to yeah. add. And if yeah. no one plays historic, fine. But historic is probably someone's favorite format. Probably. So you maybe you just let it like exist, knowing full well it'll never be like a paper thing. Yeah. And, well, I think that was kind of my point though, is that like in order for it to be a real format, I think it has to be played in paper. Yeah, and I don't think it ever will be. Yeah, I, with Pioneer existing, like historic just doesn't have a place. And all you're doing is by having historic be a thing is like fracturing the players. Yeah. Like if you have pioneer on arena, people are just going to want to play pioneer instead. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, you get, like you said, you get people that are all bent out of shape because nobody's playing historic anymore. Yeah. We'll see. This is probably, I would say a year down the road at the earliest. Oh yeah. No, this will be a thing that they're working on for quite some time. Yeah. But I would say if cards start popping up in the historic anthologies that are pioneer legal, mm-hmm. and there are some that you're like, oh, I like I, that's a card I would play in pioneer, or that's a card I do play in pioneer. Yeah, maybe spend some wild cards on it. Yeah, just so you're like, oh, I have this, or just keep it in the back of your head, like, oh, this is going to be a thing that's going to be around here in a bit. Yeah, and also it's a lot easier to spend, you know, four wild cards here or there than having to spend. 60 wild cards all at once on a deck. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And now there's player challenges. Yeah. They haven't really said a whole lot about these other than they're going to be more competitive. Uh, They're going to have higher entry fees and higher price support. The only real thing that they did say is that they're not going to overlap with like MPL events or rivals events or any of the, like mythic events they're going to be its own separate thing so i'm assuming these are going to be like the current challenges just a little bit higher stakes okay where it's just like a league you can hop into and you know pay ten thousand gold to maybe win twenty thousand gold instead of a thousand gold to maybe win three thousand gold you know what i mean or there's the what are the, the standard challenges that you can win like 36 packs you can win like a box if you go no, like i don't think i've seen those they're like usually up for like a weekend and they're like the standard challenge. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yep. like, you've got to go like, you get like one crack at it or something and you have to go like nine Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I've not played a lot of those. Yeah. I don't think I've played any of those. So, all right. So we've talked about all the changes that have happened and are coming to arena. Yeah. So all the stuff we should have talked about last week to get you ready for this past weekend. Sorry about that. Yes. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about Aquaria limited. Yeah, what do you think about Aquaria Limited? So my first thing here, under draft, and I think this is also probably for sealed as well, uh-uh. is it's good but a little snowbally at times. Yeah, I was talking to Anthony on lunch today, our uh, LGS owner, because he's like very anti-arena, so he hasn't seen most of Aquaria yet, and I spent a good bit of time playing Aquaria this weekend, so I was just kind of giving him my impressions of the set, and... He asked how Mutate played, and I said Mutate plays a lot better than I had initially thought it was going to play, mostly because everything is value. 
like it just doesn't matter that you're you know piling permanents on top of each other because you get so much value out of them it does still hurt when they get pacified or they get blown up but usually you squeeze enough value out of it and if they don't have the removal spell like you just bury them yeah, I mean, even like Pacify or Capture Sphere aren't game over, though. Like, no. you get so much value out of the mutates that a lot of times it doesn't even matter that you've got four cards underneath that pacifism. Like, I've had something pacified that I've mutated twice and still started, you know, Mutating slamming some more, more mutates on them. Yeah, because you're like, okay, I'm going to tap down three creatures because I mutated this, and I'm going to get two lands out of my deck, and I'm going to make a 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you can't do any better for your four mana and a card investment than like chill three things cast explosive vegetation Mm -hmm. and make a three three like that is a a three three that does all of those things is great and then the next Mm -hmm. turn you do it again yeah so they are your mutate creatures kind of become like little planeswalkers kind of sort of right like where you just can get so much value out of them so sometimes like the the trying to like just be grindy doesn't work mm-hmm. because you can have be like at parity or a little ahead. And yeah. then they'll just have a turn where you're like, Oh, nothing I did for the last four turns mattered at all. Yeah. Like I have down here, like Necro Panther. Yeah. That card's awesome. When you mutate, you get to bring a three CMC or less thing from your graveyard to the battlefield mm-hmm. or like trumpeting Gnar that, yeah. um, just makes, makes a, a three three. It makes a three three, and you're like, and they go like, they like put their necro panther onto a thing that makes you discard a card when it mutates. So they get a three three. They get a three mana thing. Mm-hmm. They made you discard a card, and then they put something else on it, and they do it again. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, okay, cool. I just got like mind rotted. Got two, three CMC things put back on the battlefield. And yeah, I'm, I'm done here. Yeah. But and it goes the other way too, where you're the one that's just like, and if I draw any mutate creature, I win the game because I do six things. Yeah. But it is good. You do get a lot of value. I think that it plays really well in arena. I'm mm-hmm. still worried about like, you know, there's a, so much to keep track of in terms of the cards under it. So what all the abilities are. Yeah. And then the cards that care about how many times you've mutated, mm-hmm. right? Like losing count of that. Cause it's not how many times that particular, like the creature that cares about it has mutated. It's how many times yeah. the pile has mutated. Yeah. And so there's just, it's just a lot to like, make sure you keep track of. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. But I think all in all, it is pretty good. But I mean, there is a, there is a, you know, a cost because again, mm-hmm. like you can get three for one, but usually yeah. you've like four for one them beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I already mentioned this next part that in draft, the arena drafters are disciplined. Mm-hmm. Like you get a lot of gold cards. You get the cards that you kind of feel like you should have got for being in the colors that you're in. Yeah. Like, if you cut green really hard, you get green cards uh, on the way back and stuff like that. So that's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I will say that if you are in a pack where there's kind of nothing for you, sometimes just take a dual land, even if it's, like, a little bit off, if it's, like, only one of your colors. Yeah, you there's might so many, like, powerful cards in this set that 
like the splash really isn't too difficult because the fixing's so good. Yeah. So yeah, if you can if you can take one of the lands without like sacrificing a good pick for your deck, absolutely do it just to keep you open to yeah. that. Just like when you're, you know, that like pick like nine to like eleven range where like you know, especially best of one where you'd be taking like a sideboard card or like right. a maybe playable and there's like a dual land there, just take the dual land because mm-hmm. a lot of the really powerful stuff in this set only has one colored mana symbol. Yeah. Or the mutate cost only has one colored mana symbol that you care about. Mm-hmm. So just being able to like splash it like uh I like is it Rumbling Ruin? The three and a red deal damage equal to the number of lands you control. Oh, yeah. Right? That's three and a red. So, like, you can be, you know, blue-green and have a couple red duels and be able to cast that card. Mm-hmm. And Pretty now easily. And now your blue-green deck has an actual hard removal spell. Mm-hmm. And, like, green has a ton of fixing. A ton the, of fixing. The Fertilid that, yep. that lets you the go... The mutate guy, like I've, I played a red green ramp deck that I had three of those because I was wow. casting honey grazers, sandworms, and the yeah. uh, eight eight haste tramplers. Yeah, and it was like playing ivysaur as a one one, mutate get a land, mutate get two lands, yeah. cast eight drops. Yeah. I've played a lot less draft than I have sealed, but many, 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 many sealed games I have run out of lands to get out of my deck. Yes, I've done the same. Where you're just like, oh, I guess I've gotten every land I can get. I guess I only have gas yeah. now. Yeah. So you had mentioned that the sealed feels slow and it's like a play all your bombs format. Mm-hmm. Dr- draft isn't as slow as typically yeah. is the case. There are some aggressive decks, but you can... This format isn't super punishing if you don't play a two drop mm-hmm. because you like your three drops are pretty good to catch you up. Yeah, I and, agree. And I also I'm now currently on my second draft that I have that I am double splashing the teamer and Saltai ultimatums. Oh, boy. I am blue green with four red sources and four black sources in my deck. Oh, man. But I have a Fertilid. I have the mutate guy that goes and gets you. Uh, lands out of your deck. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. Like, I'll get to my colors by turn seven. It'll be fine. Or turn nine, wherever I draw it. Yeah. So there was a tweet today about Companion. Yeah. And Companion... Did, did you share it? Uh, I did retweet it. I, I did okay. put on it, uh, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Um, Apparently, let me see if I can find the tweet again. So, Companions took first and second in the Vintage Challenge first through fourth in the Legacy Challenge, the entire top eight of the Modern Challenge, first through fourth in the Pioneer Challenge, and six of the eight top, of the top eight in the Standard Challenge. Yeah, the um, um, the Vintage one, I guess, was errated also by a later comment in the tweet, and it said five of the seven decks that could cast spells had a companion in the top eight. So, like, was it, like, Dredge? Was <laughs> it Dredge deck? Yeah, w- one of them said they didn't have mana to cast spells. Okay, it must have been Dredge. So, yeah, it had to be Dredge. Yeah, but companions are running the shop, and yeah. if you get a companion early enough, mm-hmm. you should probably jam it. I've played... Um, as a companion, you're saying. As a companion. I've not got to play Garuda as a companion. I've only drafted it once, and it was like pretty late, and I couldn't like get enough odds out of my deck to actually have a functional deck. 
Yeah. Um, Dino Hippo. What's his name? Karuga. Karuga. I got him pack three, pick one, and took all the two drops out of my deck. Mm-hmm. And then I went 7-2 with that deck. Yeah, he's awesome. I was just like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, you're you're going to lose. Uh, Loris, if you get that early enough, I am yet to beat Loris as a com- com- companion. Mm-hmm. Like, you just get clowned. It's just they draw an extra card every turn. Right. It has to be like a 2-2, but like... You know, you play some big dumb idiot that, you know, gets chumped and they're just like throw a one one in front of it. Bring Forever. my one Yeah, bring my one mana one one back and then do the rest of the stuff I was gonna do. Yeah. I tried to make the uh the one that you have to play twenty extra cards in your deck. Yeah, the flicker guy. Yeah. I tried to make that work. It seemed awful, but I may have done it wrong. Yeah, I couldn't I got him in one of the seals that I did and I couldn't build the deck in such a way that i could play him but i did play him like in the actual deck and it was it was still fine yeah I mean, obviously not as good as having it as a companion but yeah i just i'm i've just got done no i'm playing a deck right now that has him just in the main deck yeah i'm trying to think the four red green hybrid one like that you can't have double colored mana spells oh yeah this format has so many powerful one cost one mana symbol things. It's not a huge yeah, constraint. Yeah, it's almost a free roll. Yeah, Lutri is good. I've gotten like crushed by like turn five. Like, was it Fire Prophet or whatever the the one in a red deal three? Yeah, I've gotten rocked by like getting one of those copied. Like, yeah, I had uh, I had Lutri in a in a. Um deck with a uh, heartless act that was pretty nuts so yeah. yeah so like that one's really good the the three three that gives you um the red white one red white one there's not a lot of ways to like kind of abuse its effect yeah but it's it's fine it is just an extra card and especially if you're playing best of one draft like you're not taking a sideboard slot yeah it is kind of hard to make all of your um things have an activated ability though yeah that that is reasonable the green white one uh the orphan watcher it's, fantastic. Whatever, it's great yeah and it's not that's not a huge deck building constraint like if you no. get it early if you get it in your first like two or three picks yeah like you could definitely do it if you get it like early pack two and you're not like if you get it pack two pick one and you're mm-hmm. not throwing too much away yeah make it happen um that card's also really good just in in your actual deck too yes what are the other ones the the odd guy i have played it not as a companion just because i got (laughs) it late a few times Uh, i think i played as my companion once but just like having it is good (laughs) just like oh hey all of my all of my three drops now do you like have double strike yeah one of my seals had him in it um, I couldn't build the deck for him as a companion, but he's really good with, is it run through? No, the other one. The one, the, the green one that you like show a card from your hand. hand. Yeah. yeah. And he's also really good with the, the marmoset or whatever. Oh, the, the first strike guy. Yeah. The one Prickly that marmoset. gets plus two plus oh. Yeah. When yeah. you cycle. cycle. Yeah. If you can, it's definitely worth, I think. Uh, Garuda and uh, Loris 
are the ones that I think, and the the nightmare guy, the the white green one, are the ones that if you get them in like early pack one, like yeah. just go all in. Well, I mean, Karuga's really good too. Oh, Karuga, yeah, Karuga. Yeah. Did I say? Did I say Karuga? Dino Hippo. You said you said Gairuda and Loras. Oh. Okay, Karuda, yeah. and then uh, the the otter. Yeah, Lutri. Lutri. Yeah. yeah, those five are just like cool. Yeah, this is we're totally doing this. Yep. If you're on the fence, like all the games that my opponent opponent has a commander companion, I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is gonna be so much harder. Like every <laughs> time, just yeah. like oh, jeez. I have certainly gotten paired up to a game and saw that I had a companion and my opponent did not and said to myself, okay, this is easy mode. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, I think that's what everyone thought was going to happen, but now that it actually is happening, I think people are like, "Uh Oh yeah, maybe we don't like this, but yeah, it is definitely easy mode when you have a companion Mm -hmm. or easier mode. Most of the archetypes feel real. Yep. There's nothing that I'm like adamant that I don't want to do. Like maybe mm-hmm. black white humans is the one thing that I'm a little like, eh. Because I haven't tried that one yet. I just feel like no, I got clowned by it earlier today. But I Did feel you? like it's does a lot of small ball stuff. Mm-hmm. And the format doesn't feel like it's about small ball stuff. No, not at all. And so sometimes like when you're doing that small ball stuff, you just kind of get like embarrassed by like mm-hmm. Oh hey, they just played like a six mana seven seven that that frosted three of my creatures, and now yep. I'm going to take seven two turns in a row and die. Yikes! Yeah. So like I said, blue green mutate is really strong if you get the uncommons. Yeah, we so, talked about those ones already. Yeah. Um, parcel the, beast is way better than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, parcel beast is great. It's really good yeah. at triggering your mutate stuff because it only costs two to mutate. Yeah. And also, again, the the what is the green thing? The Starix? Is it the Auspicious Starix? Auspicious Starix? Yeah, that yeah. card's nuts. This card is unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, if you get the blue-green on commons, like, if you're, like, in a deck and, like, turn and, you know, pick three or four, you see, like, a Starix or something, like, yep. green is open. Like, that is a, like, bright thing. Like, hey, you're not going to ditch some, like, questionable uncommons for this good one. Right, and that's almost pickable over rares. Yes. Yes, yeah. I have had picks where I've been like, I'm going to take this rare from my collection, but I really think I should take the Star X because, yeah. yikes. So yeah, yeah. the blue-green decks are really strong. That's where I kind of want to be because they often end up being blue-green X because mm-hmm. you get the... You get um, fixing and you can play whatever you want. Yeah, you get the, the Mana Dork. That he only taps for, uh, col- he taps for any colored for creature spells, but that lets you like play yeah. your mutate guys and you have all the green fixing it's great mm-hmm. probably the deck that's been the most fun i didn't do the best with but i kind of felt yeah. like i did the most was like red white or like blue red cycling yeah i tried this deck once i did do a draft where i drafted this and i think my problem was it's definitely like not my style so i had some issues with it but yeah it, i mean that's absolutely a real archetype yeah so i I have in here specifically the 15 land version. Yeah. Like where you take every card that says cycle one on it. Like once you Mm -hmm. decide you're in that archetype, you just every card that says one mana cycle, take it. 
because you mm-hmm. can keep like the one land psych one land like three one mana cycling hands right and you have a pretty good chance of hitting your second and third land yep zenith flare is bonkers mm-hmm. uh it's the one that two red white for an instant and deals x damage and you gain x life where x is the number of cards with cycling in your graveyard yeah so great big lightning helix yes and you just like are slowly building up throughout the game and they tap mm-hmm. out and you just like 12 them right and then you get the uh oh the red the red white mutate guy the two three has a weird oh, name. The lords the team like plus two plus one. Oh no 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 the one that like mutates for hybrid blue red blue red that buys back a spell buy back oh your yeah, yeah, yeah. The lord dragon yes you can you can buy back your zenith flares with that yeah but yeah i had a deck with five snare tacticians holy moly so like my opponent had like three creatures and i was just like pay tap one tap your board attack for six yeah <laughs> next turn pay pretty one good. tap the board <laughs> attack for six yeah it's pretty good black green is pretty good it's like yeah. somewhere between being like really grindy and like a ramp deck because of the skull profit yeah like back for more is great oh yeah that card's awesome that's the six drop reanimate fight yes card yeah. is great yep. but that deck gets to do a lot of the same mutate stuff the black mm-hmm. mutate cards the ones that matter are there's the discard one and the one that like has your opponent sack a creature yeah those there's, are both really good there's the rare that gets to like heroes downfall something but we're not worried about that like if you get yeah. it yes play that well, and also, like, these two decks can combine really well because all the fixing is in green. Like, you can run, you know, a blue-green mutate deck that has a lot of the grindy black elements in it as well. Yeah. And, like, uh, a Pouncing Shore Shark in blue. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Card is so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's just, like, nuts. Mana War every turn. Every turn. Yeah, so, like, black-green, you have enough time to be grindy. But it's one of those things you just have to make sure that you actually have that like end game way to win the game because mm-hmm. like you can kind of stall out. So like Necro Panther is, I know it's a black white gold card, but it's it's uh, it mutates for hybrid white yeah. black hybrid white black though, so you can just add it in your black deck. Yeah, so like yep. that card kind of lets you grind through. Same with the Trumpeting Nar, right? Yep. It's 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 a hybrid blue green blue green, and it's uh, yep. mutate cost, so it can just be in your black green deck. And it's just an army in a can. Yeah, green white I found to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like, really like that uh, that rare card though, right? The green white rare. It is vigilant guy. Yeah, a uh, Frondland uh, Felidar. Yeah, card is ridiculous. So the green yeah. white archetype is like green white vigilance matters. Yeah, kind of, sort of. And like the payoff is the rare, the uncommon mm-hmm. payoff. You gain a life. Right. For each vigilant creature you had, I've had games where I've been at 80. Yeah. So I've had games where I've dealt 80. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like you don't really ever lose to aggressive decks with the alert yeah. heed bonder. But mm-hmm. the problem is, is like you're not really good at closing games. Right. The way to close games, though, is solid footing. The flash enchant- uh, aura. That gives your creature plus one plus one, and if it has vigilance, it deals. Oh yeah, the, butt fight. Yeah, but power, butt punch. Yeah. So like you play the one, the two mana one four vigilant cat, mm-hmm. and on turn two you attack, 
and you can just deal them five on yeah. turn two and then play another one. Yeah. They can never attack you. You have a two mana five, five. Right. Seems um, pretty good. The deck that didn't really get there for me, like I've only drafted it once, was the mm-hmm. escape protocol deck. I got got by this. I had two escape protocols and a bunch of cyclers, yeah. but there aren't a ton of things that you want to blink. Yeah. Like you want to bring blink frost links mm-hmm. and what the only other thing that is like really blinkable that like blinks for value is the four mana three, three that makes a one, one when it comes into play. Well, you get Farfinder. Like, I guess I've looked at this. Like deck that helps as- build your engine though, because like the, the problem with this deck is it's really mana intensive because you need, you know, interaction and then you need mana for, the cycle and then you need mana to activate escape protocol so it gets really like mana intensive so i think your first couple blinks have to be something that you know helps to get you to that point in the game yeah there, there needs to be like i think it'd be better if there was a blink an etb draw card right so you could like yeah. get get your engine going that way by just getting cards mm-hmm. but yeah like farfinder i do like that card like i take that card a lot especially yeah. in the like like almost every archetype yeah like there's just not didn't feel like there was a big enough payoff for Mm -hmm. it but yeah those are the the ones that like came to mind like blue black flash is just like blue black control i've hardly ever seen that deck get played yeah i really haven't seen much of that the red black menace deck is real yeah the um the uncommon that makes your menace creatures has to be blocked by three things just kind of like makes your creatures unblockable and then, especially if you combine it with the rare that makes yeah. them sacrifice uh yeah yeah so the I, i've gotten run over by the red black deck a few times where you just can mm-hmm. never get enough creatures they go like rare into uncommon and you're like oh i can never block yeah i guess i'm just dead they go wide without having to go wide yeah and you're just like oh i guess i die so the red black deck is good they all seem pretty good i think green white's probably the like the deck that i think needs its rare the most yeah probably and like I said, I don't, I've not figured out a good escape protocol deck. Yeah. So I have some like little things that I've noticed, like uh, I called them pocket synergies, just things to uh, keep in mind. Yeah. So back for more of the reanimation spell and I have greater mm-hmm. sandworm, but just any big cycling creature. Yeah. Right? So this could be the, was it the red one that cycles for two, five, five trample or five, yeah, five haste, the lava yeah. hellion or whatever. Yep. Or the uncommon that's uh, that's this uh, eleven eleven. Oh, I haven't cycle- seen that. He's an eleven level trample for seven green green, and he when he cycles, you put a trample counter on something. Oh okay. yeah yeah uh, Godzilla. Godzilla yeah. yeah. Um, they're all Godzilla. Uh, that's true. Um, yeah, but, but that one's actual Godzilla, isn't it? Yeah, that's an actual Godzilla. But you have all of the so all of the cycling creatures give you like just give you a way to have something to reanimate in your graveyard mm-hmm. right a lot of times you're like well i have to like like you know try to reanimate it after it's died or something this you just get yeah. to on turn two you put your uncastable thing in your graveyard and there yeah. are two reanimation spells there's uh back for more which is the reanimate and fight which is an instant it is uh so you can like three for one someone you can like bring back your thing fight and then eat something on a block and then the unbreakable bond the five mm-hmm. mana one uh, gives lifelink yeah it gives a lifelink counter yeah but like either of those and just the big cycling creatures yeah 
will give you a uh, just a way to always have your reanimation target. Now, I am a huge fan of the Thieving Otter. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, that card is fan. awesome. So there are three cards you should always draft if you have Thieving Otter in your deck. Mm-hmm. Thieving Otter plus Capture Sphere, if you're on the play, almost guarantees you a card draw. Right. Because you tap their three drop and you get in. Dreamtail Heron is mm-hmm. four mana to mutate. So yep. you Otter, then you mutate onto the Otter, you draw a card for the mutate, now you have a 3-4 flyer that also draws you a card when it hits. Yeah, so on your turn four, you draw two cards. Or then, then just like Frost Links. Yep, just for another way to tap something down. Yeah, just get something out of the way so you can like get your Otter on. Yeah. What about um that artifact? Is it Sleepy Dart? Draws you a card when it enters the battlefield, then you can tap it to tap something down? It doesn't tap it down, it doesn't untap. Oh, okay. So if they so have to a, attack with it. A lot it. less good. Yeah. But yeah, like if you think they're gonna attack if you're playing kind of a tempo deck. But like I always try to like I always try to go like otter and then try to get my card back for my otter immediately. Yeah. And like Yeah, it can get pretty hard to get your otter in later in the game. Yeah, but like with Capture Sphere, like, you know, Capture Sphering their non human creature, right? Mm-hmm. Makes it so maybe their plan was to, you know, play you their take- otter and then like play their Dreamtail Heron on it. And you're yeah. like tap your otter and now they can't cast their heron because it costs five to cast but only four to mutate so you've kind of taken their their landing spot for their mutate away i mean they could still put it on the mutate but they i mean they're never going to attack with yeah i mean they could put it on there but like you'd much rather them just get like right one card to replace the heron yeah as opposed to you'd rather i think you'd rather them have a random card than a three four flyer right of one mind so the Two and a blue draw two, but it only costs <laughs> one if you control a human and a non-human. Mm-hmm. In Forbidden Friendship. Yeah, makes a human and a non-human. Yeah, so like, again, a two-land hand that has Forbidden Friendship and of one mind, yep. you like Friendship, and the next turn you should be able to draw two cards because I think you're okay if they like kill something, if they spend a whole card on like half of your card. Right. And then uh, Memory Leak is not black. I know okay. it has black mana symbols in its casting cost. That card is red, white, or blue. Because it says cycle one on it. Oh, and it just I gotcha. goes in all the cycling decks. It fuels yeah. Zenith Flare. It fuels Blitz of the is it Thunder Lizard. Yeah. It like just fuels all of your Cycling Matters cards. Yeah. And costs one, so it also triggers all of your red, white, and blue cycling cards. I've played three in a deck with no black mana in it. Just you know, I, I meant opt. to ask you about this before we started the show. I, I had no idea what you meant by this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a blue, yeah. red, white card. Like yeah, no, I, I got you now. I don't think anyone has cast Memory Leak against me. Yeah, I think I've cast it like once or twice, but I think yeah. it's been cycled more than anything else. Something else to keep in mind is like you can probably pick those up very late. Very that late cards like not playable so if you're in the cycling archetype don't spend an early pick on one just because it cycles like that it'll come back that is like the upside of being in cycling is you pick up the the payoffs yeah and then you just want to take any card that says cycling one so Mm -hmm. the three six vigilance dinosaur for six mana cycles Mm -hmm. for one in the deck yeah the the, five mana tap two things cycles for one in the deck the one in the blue makes something a four four cycles for one memory leak 
cycles yeah. for one. So you just want all those cards that cycle for one, so you can get your cheap, uh, your cheap like tap effects, your cheap damages and stuff. And again, unless you play a really low land deck, because you're gonna see, you know, yeah, you're gonna see thirty cards every deck. game, right? Minimum. And so you just want to have a way to fill out those cycling slots. And like memory leak for one is way better than sandworm for two. Right. And just like we talked about things that cycle, like I've played a lot of, um, uh, what is the, the one in the red destroyed an, an artifact, uh, deal four to a flyer cycle two. Oh, yes. scorch sails or something. Yeah. That card is like, really main deckable mm-hmm. it's good against like blue green because it picks off dreamtail herons yep and it's just generally a a solid card to have like in your main deck and yep. again but yeah so if you see memory leak and you're in the cycling deck don't think oh it's a black card no it's just a one mana trigger right you played more sealed than me so i what, did i played a whole bunch of sealed so what are, what um, are your sealed insights well, basically everything that we went over in our video. Um, if you haven't seen that yet, check that out. The format is like glacially slow. Almost nothing happens before turn three. And then it's basically just whoever mutates up a big fatty. You're kind of incentivized to play with very big curves. Like I said, normally nothing happens until turn three, and usually that's only setting up for a turn after that. It's not like, for the most part, people aren't playing, you know, relevant three drops. It's just whatever's going to get them to, you know, their five or six drop. Or what's going to let them have something to mutate onto. Yeah, well, that was the next point I was going to make. Yeah, is a lot of the mutate things cost less than their CMC. So make sure when you're building your curves in your sealed deck, if you're planning on mutating it, you look at the mutate cost, not the CMC. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of them are like three mana mutates on what would normally be like a four or five drop. Yeah. Those are the reasons that like you want to have some two drops if you can, Mm -hmm. like being able to go like the two mana, two, two green guy that gets a, whenever something mutates, it gets a plus one, plus one counter and you gain two life. Mm -hmm. You like doing that into the, uh, like migrating great horn that gives yeah. you a land like that yeah. curve is really powerful because now yeah, you've got the, the blue guy that makes your mutates cost less oh yeah yeah the the little baby godzilla ba- baby godzilla yeah yeah and that lets you mutates cost less and you like loot yeah like those cards are like those are the two drops you want because they give you a thing to mm-hmm. put your to put your, your thing on your thing on but like yeah a random like two mana two two human you're green white with a bunch of mutate stuff this the human that cares about cycling the healer yeah that card doesn't belong in your deck no because it doesn't like fit anything you don't really need that like blocker right nothing happens that early anyway yeah and again you can catch up so fast you're like oh cool you did that i'm gonna like go over the top of you and get a bunch of value yeah, I mean, we had, like in that sealed video we did, we had turns where we added seven permanents to the battlefield. Yes. It's good times. Good times. Good times. But yeah, it is super slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fixing is really good. It's really good, especially if you're base green. We Same stuff we went over in draft. There's so much of it. You get the mana dork. You get uh, Fertilid, the mutate guy that goes and gets lands, the migratory path or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, explosive vegetation 
even like the lands, the fixing is really good. Um, a lot of times you can just kind of splash whatever you want to. So just look at what all your powerful cards are and build your deck accordingly. Yeah. Normally you can kind of make the mana work. Yes, agreed. The mana just kind of shakes itself out. Yep. So that's all of our limited talk. Mm-hmm. So we have some Aquaria constructed talk now. Yeah, just a little bit. We had both individually posted a Loris list because I know when I came across it, I sent it to you and you're like, oh yeah, I already tweeted this out. Yeah. The deck is just bonkers. It's uh, it's a deck list by Crokies yeah. and it's Loris and it's like Rakdos Sacrifice discard. Yeah, kind of, pl- sort of. You're playing like Loris and uh, Priest of Forgotten Gods yep. and Kroxa. Yep. Cat Whisper Oven Squadron. Stuff. Yeah, Cat Oven. Uh, Whisper Squadron. Like, I didn't even... That card never jumped out at me when we were doing, like, going through the set file. I didn't even know that card existed. Yeah. and it's, That card's good. It's Squadron Hawk, kind of. Yeah. And then it plays the reanimation spell, the three mana get back up mm-hmm. to two creatures with converted mana costs three or less up to like you can add up to three and so with like a loris deck that's every creature in your deck and it Mm -hmm. also gets back loris right so even if they kill which is the most important part yeah because the fact that you can like you know croaksa play loris and then next turn croaksa again right that uh the scorpion is really relevant in that deck the one that dies and drains for two yeah because you can like block with it have it die recast it again with loris sack it to your oven and like just finish a game yeah you just fireball them out yeah so that one is interesting i've also seen i don't know if i tweeted it because the out but you saw a black white hateful eidolon list and then i saw it come up as well yeah i think there's actually a couple different versions of the black white version of this deck yeah i got rocked by one which is kind of when it popped up on my radar so i was kind of keeping an eye out and then a lot of the lists that i had seen posted were a different version than what beat me so the one that beat me was a little bit heavier into white and ran like a johnny's pride mate yeah i've not seen pride mate yeah well just because like a lot of your one drops have lifelink yeah so it just like kind of randomly gets big but then I've seen a lot a lot of other ones that were closer to the Rakdos version, but still ran the uh, the Eidolon package. Yeah. Where you, you had like Cat Oven in there too, and I forget what else they were playing. Oh, they had the um, the Whisper Squadron. Yeah. So there's a couple different versions running around, um, but the deck is very powerful. The core of it is Hateful Eidolon, like Myers Grasp, Deadweight, as things yeah. as your removal spells are gonna draw you cards off hateful eidolon. Yep. Alcietta Life's bounty. Mm-hmm. And then I think all the lists I've seen have Knight of the Ebon Legion. Yeah. And then yep. there's kind of like, what else do you ever want to do around that? Right. But that's kind of like the core of the deck, and then you have stuff to play with on the edges. Yeah. There was actually a mono black list that I came across today that I screenshotted. I was gonna put together night and try it out. Loris is really good. Really good. Thankfully, we can't get our hands on physical cards because I'd probably lose a lot of money buying a foil for art one and then having it be banned. Having it banned out from under you, yeah. Yes. So I mean, good news that, is you only need one, right? I only need one. You don't have to buy a playset? Don't have to buy a playset, but still. Ugh. 
Yeah. The uh, kind of the big baddie going into this weekend, the deck that a lot of people had been working on prior to this was the Garuda deck. Yes. And these Luris decks just go under it. Yeah. I think I went 14 and two with Luris on Saturday. Maybe I did a little bit better than that. I th- no, I think I went 14 and two. And I bet you I played a Garuda deck like seven times total out of that stretch on Saturday when I played. And I never lost to a Garuda. Yeah. So the, the, the Garuda decks, right? So Garuda's companion um, <laughs> restriction is you have to play even numbered spells. So. Yep. It's a six mana six six, so it's your ramp target. So you always have your ramp spell, your your ramp payoff in your hand because it's your companion, right? And when it comes into play, you each player mills the top four, and mm-hmm. then you can put an even costed creature from the, either pile of four mm-hmm. onto the battlefield under your control. Right. So people are Gyruda, Spark Double, copy Gyruda, do it again. Yep. Like, try to get a Thassa, blink yep. your thing. Do it again. Do it again. So, it is, like, the deck, LSV had a video about it, and it was just all about, like, the turn four Garuda. Like, that was mm-hmm. all you were supposed to do. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, these other decks might go under it or get it to the point where it's at, like, eight. Yeah. And a 6-6 six, six and a 7-7 seven, seven can't deal with the swarm plus like just chip damage. Yeah. Well, like that's kind of the thing. And we talked about this for a second before we started the show is the Garuda decks, like they have their big turn on turn four or five or whatever, but then it takes at least one more turn, if not two for them to like chew through your board and kill you. And like, if you give one of the Luris decks, you know, till turn six or seven, you don't have a chance. Yeah. And they basically run no interaction. Yeah, because they're just trying to ramp to their thing and have that be enough. Yeah. Like, you, I mean, you, you, they might get to the point on turn four where you don't have good attacks anymore, but at that point it doesn't matter because you've got, you know, your your sack engines up and you're just draining them from your cats and your scorpions and stuff. Yeah, you just have all this, like, incidental damage that, you know, they can't get around. Right. They can't block. Yeah. So those are real decks. In the not real part of things, Luca, <laughs> Coppercoat, Outcast, okay. and Agent of Treachery, where, okay. you're, where you're playing two mana ramp spells and Hydroid Crisis, mm-hmm. and you play four agents. And the only thing that Luca can polymorph into is, is agent. agents. Yeah. Seems like a good time. Seems like you would just like, you know, your goal is to turn four, take their land hmm. every game. Yeah, like, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I don't know if it's good, but something I want to like kick around. Let me burn yeah. the wild cards so you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> All right, will you burn the wild cards and then report back? Yes, I will. I will get there eventually. I've still got some, some drafts, drafts to, to do. do. And then I think the blue red flash deck, like there's a blue mm-hmm. black flash deck floating around right now. Yeah. Uh, I think the blue red flash deck that I put put together before has got a lot of like new toys, like Lutri. Uh, oh, no, you, you can't play Lutri. Never mind. Can't play Lutri. Yeah. But you, well, have, you can play it in the main deck. You can play it in the main deck, which I hadn't thought about. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. But I was thinking more like you have uh, Shark as like an extra counter oh, sp- yeah. flash counter spell. Because I had tried the uh, 
the four five flash flyer mm-hmm. uh and that wasn't really good enough yeah and then one, it's also a two for one is probably fine you know it's also two for one yeah. uh the cycling counter spell as opposed to ionize for those, oh yeah for those times where you don't need a counter spell or right. your opponent has a teferi and you can't play counter spells yeah you can just turn it into something else and then something teferi can't stop mm-hmm. is the sharknado the Sharknado. You cycle the Sharknado, you draw a card, yeah. and you get an uncounterable flyer. Yep, that can then kill kill the Teferi. Yeah. Yep. So like Seems good. turn three, they like stick their Teferi and like bounce your thing, and you're like, cool, all Sharknado yeah. for one. Mm-hmm. Draw a card, make a one one kill your Teferi. Yeah. And then you get to like actually like play magic again. Yeah. I have seen some Sharknado uh lists running around. Um, I really haven't paid much attention to them because I thought they were super memey. Andre Mabinguchi was playing a uh, Jeskai Sharknado deck. Yeah, I think Vince was playing one as well. Yeah, but Andre Mabinguchi's was Jeskai Control that just had Sharknado as a thing you could cycle into a like a you know four four yeah. fly, flash flying draws you a card. Yeah, uh, and was playing uh, the. The, oh, I hadn't um, thought about that. The Wandering Beast. Yeah, it's just an uncounterable 5-5 five, five late in the game. Huh. Like, you hit all your land drops. It's well, it's kind just, of, like, strictly better Elvish Visionary, right? It is. Well, it costs three to get the 1-1. One, one, oh, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, you're right. It's uh, yeah. one blue X. So it's yeah. it's not... Right. It's close. It's, right? um... What was that card from Core 20? Cloudkin, whatever, Cloudkin, Cloudkin Seer. Seer, yeah, the 2-1 flyer for three. Yeah. But this this occasionally just you draw it on turn 12 and you get a 6-6. Six, yeah. Six. yeah. It's kind of Seems like good. what's funny is, right, Hydroid Crisis always gives you the cards but not always the body. Right. This and always this gives you both. Always gives you the body and a card. Yeah. Yep. So it's kind of, it's in a weird spot. It is something that is interesting. I don't know if you'd ever want to cast it in like a flash kind of deck, but just as like a flash threat. Yeah. That is like immune to Teferi. They're like Teferi and you're like they're like uptick it. And you're like, cool. Make my giant Sharknado. guy kill your Teferi, like have up counter spell. Yeah. You can't mystical dispute it. You can't aether gust it. You just they they have to deal with big flyer now. Hmm. And like that's good against like the cat oven decks because one of the downfalls of like the blue red deck was it can't it has to attack on the ground, right? And while well, cats don't let you attack on the ground, right? So yeah, so that's something I might kick around as well. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I, I hadn't thought about Sharknado in that deck. Yeah, just as like, hey, here's my other flash threat. Yeah, and like early in the game, it's just like, okay, I'll cycle it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have anything to do on two, so I'll just cycle this and make sure I hit my third land drop. Yeah. So. As opposed to like having to like burn a stomp just to the face or something. Right. It might not be a four of, but it could be like two of that and two sharks. Yeah. Or, you know, something in the sideboard or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Any other hot constructed tech uh, for standard that you've seen? No, most, most of what I've seen has been pretty stock. Other than, like I said, the, the Loris list kind of took me by surprise. I really didn't see them coming. Yeah. At least not the versions that I've seen. Yeah, the the red black Loris list to give a credit where credit is due. The 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 person I retweeted that was a Crokey's list. Yeah, yeah, I, I got it from Crokey's also. 
if you want to find that deck, you can check our Twitter or like, you know, check out Crokey's stream. He apparently streams every hour of every day somehow. I yeah, don't know how possible. He marched like he built that list and then marched straight to number one mythic with it. Yeah. In a day. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it, it was insane. And then, like I said, I had seen a couple other versions, and some people have tweeted out slightly different versions of his Rakdos list. And I actually think that at least yesterday he was playing a different version of the Rakdos list. Like the original one didn't have any removal spells in it, and now I believe he is playing some number of like did Wait Myers Grasp. Yeah. So like you could also like kind of smush your hateful idol on Rakdos list together, where you have. Mm-hmm. The, those things so you get the hateful yeah. eidolon triggers but then you yeah. also have you know croxa yeah you just get him coming and going you're like cool we'll discard a card i'll play a hateful eidolon eat your three drop with my myers grasp draw a card mm-hmm. okay you're like Crokes, a million Crokes, miles behind Crokes, me now yeah. Yep, yeah yeah i don't i don't can't really think of too much else i've seen just some leftover stuff from last season i've seen wilderness wreck a couple times um yeah i think sharknado is another I think that's another deck that can use Sharknado. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, you're just like... Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Cool. Like, here's a 7-7. Go. Yeah. And, like, if you, like... If you cast the Sharknado, you're like, cool, explosion you for 8. I'll make an 8-8. Yeah. Cool. I guess we're done here. Yeah. GG's. Yeah, GG's. Good good talk, everyone. Yep. Yeah, I think that... uh, like, I figured there was another card that people were excited for in Wilderness Wreck. Well, there's also uh, a lot of the, the Jeskai Control deck that Manguchi was playing also mm-hmm. had uh, uh, Dino Hippo. Yeah. In As its companion. Oh, wow. Because it doesn't play, it didn't play any two drops. It just played. Yeah, that's true. Bone Crusher Giant and then three mm-hmm. mana Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it had some other. And it played the. Uh, the Wandering Beast or whatever, the big turtle. Oh, yeah. So it was like, cycle that on turn two, hit my land drop, like, you know, draw three cards off my 5-4 Hippo because I have mm-hmm. three Planeswalkers on the battlefield. Yeah, seems it's good. pretty all right. Yeah. So. What a world we live in. What a world we live in where we're cycling 8-8s in control decks. Right. <laughs> so with that, I think that's a show, right? Yeah, I think I think so. If uh, you guys got any sweet lists that you've seen or been working on, please feel free to shoot them to us. Yeah, you can tweet them at me. What everybody's working on. Yeah, tweet them at me at Casual Tripod. Yep, you can send them to us on Facebook or make a post in our Facebook, uh, Casual Tryhard MTG. That way you can get other people chiming in, see what's going on. You can shoot them to us via email, show at CasualTryhardMTG.com. I check our email all of the time and try to respond as quickly as possible. So if you want a little bit of one-on-one deck critique, you can do it there. Like I said earlier, we do have a TCG affiliate link if there's anything you're looking to pick up. I know you can't get the Ikoria cards yet, but maybe if you're working on brewing a list and need some older stuff, uh, make sure you use our TCG affiliate link. You get a small cut of whatever you purchase after you follow that link. It's tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. And we also have Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, I've been posting up our show notes there, so you'll you'll kind of get a sneak peek about what's coming up on our show the next week. I'm going to try and make sure that I get them posted Wednesdays, uh, but they'll always get up. 
I'm going to start going through some of our back stuff too, posting show notes. So Patreons get ready for that. We'd love for you to, you know, kick us a couple bucks and help support the show. Keep everything up and running. Uh, is there anything else we got going on, Brian? I think that's about it. So yeah, I think if, that's about it. Also, like we said, the chat feature is working. So like, if you want to like, you know, say, Hey on arena, feel free. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're, we're on there a good chunk of time. So yeah, I, we don't, I don't have a whole lot else going on. Yeah, can't go outside, so yeah. not much else to do. And with that, we'll catch you on the interwebs. We will catch you on Arena. <laughs> <laughs>